1: Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Being an empath can be overwhelming, right? It's all the feelings all the time. My guest on today's show is Aura North, and she offers teachings and wisdom that can make being an empath easier for the sensitive person more in balance she says there are important distinctions that need to be made for spiritual growth to really work if you're an empath and that that distinction things tend to be very different than they are in the mainstream new age movement so are you ready to meet her Aura North is an empath and healer who grew tired of the love and light scene. She felt a lack of authenticity in the New Age movement and turned to emotional shadow work instead. In her shadow, Aura discovered a more authentic, integrative way to be a spiritual being. Her new book is I Don't Want to Be an Empath Anymore. Find out more about Aura and her work at auranorth.com. Aura, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you so much, Karen. I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad you're here. I think you win best book title because that's i t- I talk to a lot of empaths and intuitives, and one of the things that empaths, especially empaths who don't know what to do with their gifts, they'll say, "Look, I don't want this anymore. Could we just can I just get rid of this? Can you just take this away? So how do you define an empath?
0: So that's a good question. It's a little bit different with everyone. But in general, I define an empath as someone who experiences Um, The emotional, the emotional energies of other people, other places, other things, basically just anything outside of themselves, um, they become very, very sensitive to it. And it can affect them in a whole bunch of ways. And um, there's a lot of different um, signs and symptoms to being an empath. Um, I think some of the most common ones are. Um, just feeling really overwhelmed by other people and crowds, being naturally intuitive about others, um, being drawn to nature or animals, and just you know just being sensitive to everything, like literally everything could be chemicals, could be um, you know violence on TV. I mean, theres there's so many, and I'm sure you have your own too, Karen. Well, sure. Is it different? Do you see it as different from
1: what somebody else might call being a highly sensitive person? Or is that the same thing?
0: I kind of use it interchangeably. Mm -hmm. But I think um, when I use empath, I'm more just talking about the actual emotional energies. But I really like to link the two because it's really hard to have one without the other. I don't think I've met a single person who identified as an empath and not a highly sensitive person.
1: Yeah, Um, I agree. And and when that sensitivity gets ratcheted up to its kind of to its highest place, it can be absolutely chaotic and, and overwhelming. What, so what would you say it feels like when an empath is out of balance? It's great to be like drawn to nature and enjoying the flowers and having lovely insights about other people, but when it's out of balance, it's not lovely, is it?
0: No, no, it's not lovely at all. Um, Just feeling overwhelmed by every little thing. I think most empaths like find that it affects every aspect of their lives relationships are one Um, being drawn to like toxic relationships, their relationships with narcissists and um, just feeling so much sadness and pain from other people and other situations, Um, feeling unable to handle just your daily responsibilities, whether that's at your job or at home or with your kids. But when it's out of balance, it really makes it hard to do pretty much anything.
1: So when people work through the steps in the book, I love this book because it's got a lovely practical core. There's work to do in this book. So as empaths work through your book, what changes for them? How does what you teach in this book help bring them out of that overwhelm?
0: So you know how in the mainstream kind of spiritual love and light thing, there's this huge focus on, you know, drawing your attention to the present and the positive. Mm -hmm. So the thing that makes my book different and the thing that empaths really need is that none of that work is actually going to make a difference until you first validate your own experience and your own pain because empaths feel so many emotions every single day. And a lot of those emotions are, are negative emotions. They're they're bad experiences. They're just like very difficult feelings and it doesn't necessarily make them a negative person. It's just their experience because you know, our world is filled with good experiences and bad experiences and the empath feels them all. So, the step that a lot of spirituality is missing is just validating that that negative experience is very, very real for an unpath. So a lot of the work in my book takes people kind of into their own, into their own path and into the, their own way that they experience the world. And it helps them validate the bad stuff, you know, the quote unquote bad stuff instead of just, you know, sugarcoating it and then focusing on the positive. Because once you validate your negative experiences, then the rest of the positive thinking movement stuff will start to work on you. But without spending time in your negative experiences and your pain, none of it's going to work.
1: That's so interesting. I'm just thinking about how as empaths, we, and when I say we, I mean, you know, me, um, as as empaths, we tend to validate other people's experiences and emotions, the pleasurable and the not so pleasurable, the negative and the positive. And we put a lot of our energy toward validating and supporting and sometimes even carrying around those things. But when it comes to our own stuff, we don't validate the negative. In fact, we try to push the negative away so that we've got more room to carry other people's negativity and positivity. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I ever thought about it like that before.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's so true. And I think the reason that we do that so willingly is because we fully understand how painful it is to not be validated by someone else. So we're actually trying to prevent our own pain in the people that we love. And I think on some level, we're all just, you know, secretly hoping and waiting for someone to do that for us. And then we find that they don't because maybe they're not as sensitive. They're not an empath. So they don't understand what we're feeling like we do. So then the pain just builds up for us. So if we don't validate it, no one's going to, it feels like.
1: Well, and it starts that cycle of resentment. And I, at least in the work that I, so I'm a professional intuitive, so that at least in the work that I do, when I look at relationships, I will often see an empath with someone who's just super not an empath. And the empath is saying, why doesn't she understand why can't she just get it when is my support coming when is my and they're they're not only carrying all their own stuff they're carrying all their partner stuff and their partner's not going to get it
0: exactly yeah and then that kind of reinforces the the cycle of codependency that a lot yep. of empaths find themselves in because they're just so desperately waiting for that person to just validate everything so it, it, it's a vicious cycle
1: one of the quotes that I pulled out of the book is, the scariest thing you could face in this lifetime is the truth about yourself and your power. Can you speak into that a little? It seems like a, this is a good place for that quote. Can you speak into that a little bit?
0: Yeah, so oh, just, I could say so many things about this because it, <laughs> it also means so many things to me. But I think the main thing I was thinking when I said that was, when when you work with your shadow and you know the shadow is the truth of who you really are in your entirety you're bad you're good you're human you're divine that's actually where we hide so much of our power and it's kind of like a little trick that so much of our power is hidden in what we would consider negative and what we would push away and accessing that power requires you to face your human nature to face your wounds and everything that makes you feel scared and overwhelmed and unloved. And so it's truly terrifying to realize how vulnerable you are as a human. But then once you do that, ironically, that's what makes you so powerful as a divine human being. Yeah.
1: Cause there's beauty and strength and grace and intuition, I would say, and healing in that, in that vulnerability
0: exactly yeah so much strength is in is in our weakness really so
1: as you're looking at shadow work and as we're looking at looking at the negative do you have law of attraction people kind of come up to you and go wait a minute we can't look at the negative because if we look at the negative more negative things will happen how do you answer that
0: I have certainly come across that many, many (laughs) times. And honestly, at this point, I don't, I don't even like to entertain that because at this point in our existence on this earth, I mean, it's a very beautiful time to be alive. And it's also a very difficult time to be alive because of all the issues we're facing, um, you know, politically, environmentally, um, just everything going on. There's so much discord in the world and you can't, you can't change that by pretending it's not there. And I think that's where the law of attraction really kind of screws up. And I know in the book, one of the examples I give is, you know, if you, if you're walking down the street and you see someone getting beat up by a stranger, you're not going to turn away and imagine a world where that's not happening because that's not going to help the person getting beat up. I mean, that's happening in front of your face. So you can't just turn away and pretend that reality isn't reality, even if you're trying to create a new one. So it's kind of a tough balance of seeing what's real and validating that in a positive way, and then kind of turning it towards a new reality.
1: You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Aura North. Her new book is I Don't Want to Be an Empath Anymore, How to Reclaim Your Power Over Emotional Overload, Maintain Boundaries, and Live Your Best Life. You can find out more about Aura and her work at auranorth.com. You suggest something called a pain alchemy affirmation and you suggest that I am all over this. Okay. I love this. You suggest that to replace the positive affirmations and listeners to this show know that I'm, I'm not a big fan of the sarcastic affirmation. I am now reaching my ideal weight. I am now reaching my ideal weight. I am now that I don't, I'm not a fan of those. I love the idea of the pain alchemy affirmation. So can you share with the listeners kind of what that is? Give an example.
0: Yeah, so we all know a positive affirmation is basically stating where you want to be um, in a very positive way. And the problem that I'm seeing with positive affirmations is if you pick one that's so far from where you actually are right now and the reality of it, you're actually creating a dissonance in between the two that you can't bridge. And so if you're picking something that's so far from where you are right now and you know that you can't get there on your own right now, it's actually going to make that distance worse. So for me, I I like to use affirmations. Like I'm not saying don't use them, but I like to make it a little more practical and grounded for where you are right now in your pain. And so what I do with affirmations is I break them into two sentences. And the first sentence is always about the pain that you're experiencing. Um, And just validating that pain, like whatever it is, Um, you know, I feel hurt by my sensitivity for other people. And so what you're doing there is you're completely acknowledging where you're at in this moment without pushing away reality, without pushing away your pain, without pushing away the way you experience the world. So that's like the first part of your pain alchemy affirmation. And then the second sentence, is where you start to turn that towards something positive. And it doesn't have to be, you know, worlds away from where you are now. Even just a step moving towards where you want to be is good. So if you're feeling very overwhelmed by your sensitivity, um, the second part of the affirmation could be, you know, I know my sensitivity is beautiful and helps me see the world in a new way. So Mm. you can see that by putting those two sentences together, You're not trying to completely change your life right in this moment because let's face it, that just doesn't work when you're doing emotional shadow work because there's so much attached to it. But by putting those two sentences together where you're just starting to turn towards something positive while still validating your negative experience, I find that that helps bridge the gap so much better. And it just feels better in the body, doesn't it?
1: It does. And it takes away that idea, at least the idea that I have now. I'm kind of snarky by nature. So when I look in the mirror and go, I am a millionaire, I am a millionaire, I just I'm, I'm laughing at myself as I'm saying this. Right. But the way that you're talking about it or it takes away that idea that we're trying to con ourselves into believing something that you know what I mean? If I just say it enough and believe it and if I act as if I was really a millionaire, then I'll be a millionaire. What you're talking about is acknowledging what is, which I think is the root of all intuition, all healing, all connection, all everything. You start with what is true now, validate that, and then you build on that in a positive way that acknowledges where you really are. And it takes the mental gymnastics right out of it. Now we're in the heart. Now we're in the soul.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And the thing, like, if you're in the mirror telling yourself you're a millionaire... Aren't you also telling yourself that it's not okay to be where you are now? <laughs> right? Yes, yeah, see. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we we don't need to be doing that. That's not helpful.
1: Well, and this and the kind of the then the stick that you get beaten with is that if you then don't leave your house and become a millionaire, it's cuz you did it wrong. Not only is it not great to be where you are right now, right? But you but you didn't do it right Um, (laughs) um, because if you'd done it right you'd be a millionaire and yet I'm not sure that's how this works now I'm going to get email from the law of attraction people but I'm not sure that's that's how this works um (laughs) um, so another thing that I love (laughs) about what you share in your book I don't want to be an empath anymore I love self-pity um and um can you say a little bit about the kind of the healing quality of self-pity this almost felt to me almost like self-pity as kind of a catalyst as medicine for growth
0: yeah yes oh and i love talking about this because it wilds people up the most <laughs> um because you know we have that whole thing where um you know victim mentality is like the worst thing that someone could say about you when you're in the spiritual crowd yeah uh, so i uh let's just turn it on its head here. So for me, self pity is exactly what we've been talking about. It's actually just a way to validate reality and to validate your experience. And um, when we try to push away feeling sorry for ourselves, what we're actually doing is we're just creating distance between what we're seeing and what we need to heal. And if there is a persistent feeling of self-pity, it actually means that it's just wounding that hasn't yet been seen. And most of the time, if you create the space for that feeling of self-pity and truly see it and truly validate it just as it is, without trying to change it, without trying to flip it into you know positive thinking, law of attraction stuff, and if you just accept it, usually it goes away on its own. So I often find that the people who are, um, you know, calling out victim mentality the most are actually just people who have wounds that they haven't looked at around that. Because once you really validate what that emotion is, I mean, and emotions are kind of like toddlers in many cases. They really just want to be seen. You don't necessarily have to take dramatic action with every single emotion. But if you can look at it, And say, hey, I see you, I see what you're doing. Wow. Then it usually kind of feels validated enough where it kind of goes away and it's like, oh, okay, I guess it's okay to be this feeling. I guess it's okay to have this reaction and now I can move on. So for me, self-pity is just one indicator that it's time to witness your own emotions so you can move past them. Or not even move past them, but like integrate them and you know continue on your path.
1: Well, and it's interesting because it takes this all to that a place where this becomes natural. I talk sometimes to people who are developing intuitively or working with their gifts as an empath, and they say, This is a curse. I don't want this. I'm not enjoying this. This isn't right. And yet empathy is natural. Intuition is natural, right? It's kind of it's the part of the way that some of us flow in into the world, the way we communicate, the way we live out our life paths. And what I like what you're saying about dealing with emotions and shadow and affirmation, it takes it all back to the place where this is perfectly natural we can take a look at the dark and the light at the same time we don't have to try to shoehorn things into places that they don't belong we don't have to try to tell ourselves that we feel ways in which we don't feel we can look at exactly where we are and from that place make healthy decisions for ourselves about moving forward and that i think makes me want to ask what your kind of tips or practices would be for self care for empaths. Cause I think it's different for us than it is for, I don't know, muggles, the other people, normies.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, so self care tips for empaths, man, it really, that's apparently the word of the day is validation because that's exactly what I'm coming back to. Mm -hmm. Um, anything that you can do as a sensitive person to create space to feel your feelings. And a lot of this is actually creating physical space. Like whether you have um, an altar in your bedroom or you, you know, just have a room where you can go to be alone or, you know, if you can even like go stay at a friend's house or a hotel for a couple of days, creating physical space where, you know, that you're going to do some emotional processing is remarkably helpful. I'm surprised that more people don't talk about it because it really is magic. Just creating physical space, creating that container for yourself. So then your emotions can kind of flow out naturally and you can process them. And this is especially important for Entash because we let people come into our emotional space like Mm 24-7. And we're always caring for other people and putting their needs first and basically giving up our own space, you know, in the name of trying to help someone you love, but it's still giving up your own emotional space. So by creating time and space and the the energetic space to let those feelings come out, that's what's actually going to create the magic for you. And I know that sounds very oversimplified, but it's just incredible. And then on top of that, if you can do that in nature, that is going to blow your freaking mind because <laughs> the coolest thing about nature is that nature doesn't make the same kind of emotional demands on you that other living creatures do. Mm. And it has this ability to kind of pull all of your excess energies away from you. And it actually feeds, it feeds the earth. So all of your excess, even negative energies can be fed to the earth. It's almost like an offering and, you know, mother nature appreciates it. And in return, she kind of takes all of that away. And then you find yourself in this space that just feels empty and the emptiness actually feels kind of scary, but it's, it's really life changing because then you actually have all of this space to feel your feelings and then just literally fit in it, fit in your feelings, create that space and just allow yourself to feel them. Don't do anything else, but just feel them and journal about them. And honestly, anything you do for self-care after that is just extra. Mm.
1: Can you let listeners know how they can find out more about you and your work, where they can get the book, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah. So you can find me at my website at com. I am also on Facebook and Instagram and love connecting with people there. And you can get my book um, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, the new Harbinger website. um, And, you know, just check around your local bookstores as well.
1: Um, What would you like to leave the listeners with for people who are maybe struggling with what they feel like is that heavy burden of empathy? What would you like them most to know?
0: I just want them to know that they're understood and that everything that they've experienced, good, bad, or otherwise has made them more powerful, even if it feels like it's made them less. And with a little bit of awareness, they can take all of those bad feelings and create so much power for themselves.
1: Aura, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. That is Aura North, and her new book is I Don't Want to Be an Empath Anymore. How to Reclaim Your Power Over Emotional Overload, Maintain Boundaries, and Live Your Best Life. You can find out more about Aura and her work at auranorth.com. That's O-R-A-N-O-R-T-H, auranorth.com. And you're always welcome over at karenhager.com. That's a great place to find out what's coming up next on this radio program and also learn about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private session with me there. If you are so inclined, it's at karenhager.com. And if you are interested in the way that when we shift our perspective, things start to change. I invite you to check out openpeacefulheart.com. That's a website where you can get information about the free 15-minute guided meditation that we offer once a month, first Sunday of every month, to people from all over the world where we come together to focus our intention on peace, peace in our hearts and peace in the world. Aura was saying when you make that beautiful space and you sit in it, when you clear space for what is That's a lovely, then creative place to go out and change the world. Find out more about that at openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.